Who are some of the players you should be targeting with your last picks in fantasy football drafts, including Sam Howell and Ryan Tannehill? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we close another week and close our mock draft look on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hi, I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for uh, NFL.com. Yeah, Michelle's back again. Uh, we've been uh, doing a lot of uh, mock draft presenting here this week, helping you dominate your draft. A lot of you have your drafts this weekend and also over Labor Day and that extended holiday. So getting you ready, we'll have, of course, more analysis for you next week as well. So this is not it before you're on the clock here, but we do want to wrap up the look at different ways you can draft here with a show focusing on guys you can target with the late picks as well as uh, what you want to do if you're playing the streaming defense game and you don't want to use a defensive pick early in your drafts these are teams you can target early in the season as your last pick hopefully you're not using kickers because we're not going to talk about kickers on the show so you'll uh, just figure those out as you go along but we'll break down here our favorite last picks including our streaming defenses here on the show first i gotta tell you this episode of locked on fantasy football is brought to you by underdog fantasy underdogfantasy.com is where you should visit them or you find them on the app store and sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. thanks again for making locked on fantasy football your first day we're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player league we're part of locked on podcast network your team every day. So, Michelle, we've been talking about some of these players we're going to bring up today quite a bit as we've done drafting and just breaking down positions as we've gone along with our rankings. So we both, for this first segment, have picked three veterans. These are players. Obviously, they're just not rookies that we like. It can be year two and uh, beyond to here that we're looking at. That could have value in fantasy leagues that this is when you're looking for that high upside player late in your draft. So, Michelle, I'll let you take it here. Give me your three choices here, and we're picking from any positions. Yeah, so it's all going to depend what position you're really looking for here when you're eyeing that breakout player. So my first guy is Sam Hall, right, quarterback for the Commanders. If I were to have spent a second or third round pick on Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or even you know spent up on Fields or Herbert, I'm not looking to draft a quarterback again late, but this is if... I select, you know, I waited a bit. I selected Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson or even further with Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins. Like, I want another guy there in case those other ones don't come through for me this year. So Sam Hall is my favorite guy to take late. I've talked about him all offseason long, but we've also seen him really produce in the preseason as well. He seems to really be uh, striving in Eric Bieniemy's new offense. He's connecting. Hopefully, Terry McLaurin is healthy and back by week one, but you can also see that connection with Jahan Dotson. He has the mobility. He has a strong arm. We already saw him put up 
a good amount of fantasy points in his first start, 18.3 fantasy points. That was good enough to be the quarterback seven in week 18 last year. I, I just truly think with all these weapons in a great offense with his mobility, he's going to be a very solid fantasy quarterback at the least. And he has super high upside. So I want to take him with that last pick there. I know you also have a quarterback on your list. Do you want to get to that before I go through my other two? Yeah, and I'm going to add something on Sam Howell. Um, yeah, this is a player. Michelle says I'm selling her on Jameer Gibbs and some other players, but Michelle has uh, talked me into Sam Howell. In fact, I put him on the deep sleeper list there I did at sportingnews.com. And our friends at uh, Sports Grid, I did a hit on their show yesterday and uh, raved about Sam Howell. And now that uh, clip is what they're using. So I'm on the record now on uh, Sam Howell as well. And I came around just because I needed to see him, right? And that was the thing. As I've seen him in the preseason, he's actually going to be featured in our preseason all-star team here for his work. He's just been outstanding. And the other thing I'm just going to add quickly on Sam Howell is that this team could be terrible overall. They're not expected to win a lot of games. That's going to be a lot of garbage points potentially available for Sam Howell in the second half. So I like that aspect as well. We can't forget about that. Now, my guy, I think this team is also going to be terrible. Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if the Titans are going to be more than a six-win team, but I look at Tannehill. He's been pretty good when he's the starter and healthy for this team. And we've been talking about his weapons a little bit, right? DeAndre Hopkins and Chiga Conquo, Trail Burke should be ready and just had a minor injury there that he should be good to go in week one. So that's a pretty good starting array of weapons here for your quarterback. We know he plays well off Derrick Henry in the running game. He's also produced a little bit on the ground with his legs, and he can score touchdowns for you. So Tannehill's just guy maybe just being forgotten. He's buried all the way, I think, at uh, quarterback 31. I mean, that's kind of crazy that we're just dumping on Ryan Tannehill. I think he can be a lot better than that. And for a late-round pick, I think Sam Howell's a ton of upside, and maybe you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive to get him. But Tannehill, not going anywhere, and a guy that you can easily get as a backup quarterback. Yeah, and just a couple seasons ago, he was exactly this guy that you took with one of your last picks, and he ended up well outperforming expectations. And it, he, you know, he's been dealing with injuries or bad weapons, both of both of those things. And now, hopefully, he can stay healthy. And DeAndre Hopkins can be such that difference maker for any quarterback. I prefer my Sam Howell one, but if you miss out on him, Ryan Tannehill's a nice uh, second a option more there. I think now we've talked him up. So that's the one thing yeah. I'm a little bit worried about, but still, <laughs> he, still has, he still has like 18th round ADP, but yeah, that probably will increase here over this weekend. But uh, I know we both have a tight end on our list as well. So I'll get to mine first. It's Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys. Just so many great reports coming out of camp about him. He's a second year tight end fourth round pick last year. And he seems to really have control of that Dalton Schultz role, which Dalton Schultz scored the six most fantasy points per game among tight ends over the last two years. So that's been a very important role when it comes to fantasy football. But it's not even just Dalton Schultz, right? Dak Prescott has supported a top 12 fantasy tight end in six of his seven career seasons. He really prefers that tight end, his top tight end. He's going to utilize them. He's going to lean on him. And I think this offense, sure, they can say they want to be run heavy. They don't have the personnel for that. So I think they're going to have to pass more than they want to. Jake Ferguson is going to have scoring opportunities. The Cowboys have been the top scoring offense now for the last couple of years. So I, I think this is truly a guy that you can take with your last pick. 
and he has potential to be that breakout tight end like we've had with our Mark Andrews and our Darren Wallers in the past where you drafted him so, so late and they just really broke out. I think that's your best option here uh, late in your drafts for the tight end position. Again, if you spent early on Kelsey or Andrews or Hawkinson, Ferguson's not going to be your late round pick. But this is if you waited on your tight end for a little bit. Yeah, and I've liked this guy going back to Wisconsin. He's a very talented all-around tight end, but his receiving skills have improved here. So going back uh, scouting-wise with him. Uh, and I also think it's not guaranteed that Michael Gallup is going to be the third key target here. They've kind of not been high on Michael Gallup of late. I mean, Brandon Cooks have zoomed past him into the two spot here uh, behind CeeDee Lamb. So, again, that's what I like to see about tight ends. Can they work themselves into being at least a top three option for their quarterback? And Jake Ferguson – yeah, the history is there, Michelle. You pointed out very well with uh, Dalton Schultz. That was a connection that, that Dak Prescott loved over the past couple of years. He's going to look at that tight end. This offense is going to be a little bit more West Coasty, if that's a word. And uh, that means a more tight end than running back passes here in the short to intermediate game. So I do like that selection uh, quite a bit here. So I do have a tight end and very similar. And uh, something has developed here that has helped this pick is uh, Tyler Conklin of the Jets. And my pick here with Conklin is the fact that I had this before we had the Corey Davis news that he was retiring from football. Now that moves him up a little bit. It also moves up another guy like late to throw a dart at is Miko Hardman. I just think I'm not sure that Al Lazard is going to be your next guy after Garrett Wilson in this offense for Aaron Rodgers. We know he likes tight ends. We know Conklin had that flash from Minnesota. This is why he got signed by the Jets last year. And I think he was underutilized, had some opportunities there. And we know the quarterback situation was bad. So CJ Zama is more of a blocker here. I can see the Jets knowing some of this limitation without Corey Davis on the outside that, hey, we might pivot to more 12 personnel here for Aaron Rodgers. It's worked before in Green Bay with Nathaniel Hackett and the situation. So 12 personnel means he's on the field more, maybe less of a – Randall Cobb or Miko Hardman in the slot. So that's some opportunities here. So Tyler Conklin, I could see him getting something like 606 touchdowns, 600 yards there, maybe 40, 50 catches and getting into that uh, range here. So that's why I like him here late. Another veteran uh, pick for you. Yeah. And uh, so we have seen Aaron Rodgers, right? Like with random tight ends that just kind of go off. Like the one that comes to mind is Robert Tunyon when he had double digit touchdowns yeah. out of nowhere. That could be Tyler Conklin's year. I don't expect him to have a ton of receiving yards or receptions, but I, I don't think either of us would be shocked if Tyler Conklin comes out and has eight to 10 touchdowns this year with Aaron Rodgers. So that's kind of the upside you're chasing there with him. And then we both have now, I have a wide receiver. You have a running back for our last pick here when it comes to the veterans that you can take late round. I chose all second year guys, so slight veterans. But my <laughs> wide receiver is Romeo Dobbs of the Packers, second year wide receiver. I know we just did a mock draft a couple days ago and you took him, I think, in the ninth or 10th round. But I do think in most drafts, you're still going to be able to find him in the 13th, 14th round, as long as you're playing with people who are like super, super in love with like invested in fantasy football all year round, right? So Romeo Dobbs is a guy that I just am going to take a shot on because he's playing in an offense with a bunch of unknowns and he could easily be the wide receiver one when you have Christian Watson, his teammate, that's also a second year guy going 100 picks before him. 
with this uncertainty, I'm definitely going to take a shot on Dobbs over Watson. Dobbs had the second most targets per game on the Packers last year, behind only Alan Lazard, who's now playing with Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. And Jordan Love, throughout the preseason, he's had a very strong connection with Dobbs. So Dobbs has made up four of Love's 12 completions, 73 of his 130 passing yards, and one of his two touchdowns over the preseason. So, so far, what we're seeing with our eyes is that Love prefers Dobbs when it comes to targets and in the workload here. So I'm going to take a shot on him late if I'm looking to add a wide receiver to my team. Yeah, I do like that for sure. And I hint, uh, when we get into the rookies in the next segment, I might have another Packers wide receiver there. So yeah, Christian Watson is going way too high. Let's not forget uh, Dobbs was the guy that was getting the buzz early in the season, right? When Watson was on the shelf he was making some big plays. Then Watson just scored in a, just a crazy amount of touchdowns with very few catches, and everyone fell in love. He was making the big plays in prime time. So uh, just watch out. I mean, Dubs could easily be the number one with Green Bay. They're kind of equal, I think, in the organization's eyes as secondary receivers here. So something to watch there. My choice is also in the NFC North, but I'm going with Ty Chandler. I don't love Alexander Madison as much as you do, Michelle. Like, I oh. get the opportunity and the situation, but I'm not in love with the player. And I'm not sure this is the best situation for him here. I thought this running game was inefficient last year. I think it could get better for sure, but I just don't know what we're going to get from Madison if they run him a little bit more because he's had injury issues. I remember there's some times where Dalvin Cook was on the shelf. Okay, we're going to go to Madison. Then he was not available all of a sudden. So that's something I'm worried about here. So Ty Chandler has some upside. I think they look at Kenny Nwangwu as being a special teams guy, very important on their kickoff returns and all that. So I think that's where his work is going to be. So the opportunities here for Chandler or Dwayne McBride, and Dwayne McBride, again, don't worry about him. He's like in the 300s. You can get him on the waiver wire if something happens here early in the season. But when I look at the backs that are available, Ty Chandler, I like his uh, running style, uh, also out of North Carolina, like Sam Howell. I, I just like some of the things he does, and I think opportunity could knock, and I don't think they'll be long with Madison if he's disappointing early. Yeah, I, I can't get on board with the Ty Chandler pick just because of how you know in love I am with Alexander Madison this year. But he's a good hand. Like I consider him like a handcuff to Madison. So yeah. if Madison were to get hurt, Ty Chandler would be the top priority pickup. Or you know, if you do draft Madison in the fifth and you want to take Ty Chandler late just to have that insurance, you could do that as well. But I do envision this backfield to just be a heavy one guy backfield this year, and that's going to be Madison because I yeah. said so. we'll see how this plays out i'm a little bit nervous i think about the whole minnesota running game but we'll see and uh, we'll see how that plays out i think it's gonna be interesting to watch there and see what dalvin cook does with the jets and see if they made the right decision there in moving on from him so all kinds of interesting stuff in minnesota with their offense we'll talk about rookies we want to target here three rookies each we've selected that you can consider with your late round or last pick here in your 2023 fantasy football drafts. We'll get into that moment. Before we do that, I got to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Harry's, and I'm a Harry's user, and uh, I cannot be more pleased. It's just so simple. No matter why you shave, uh, Harry's has you covered from every angle for the best shave of your life, and really the prices can't be beat. And really, 
it's awesome because it's so convenient. It comes in the mail. It's uh, something I set and forget and uh, don't think about that whenever I need uh, Harry's with the shaving cream and razors, they're right there at my doorstep, ready to go. And you can get a better quality shave at a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. And it, it's fantastic. And again, I have also used some of their other products, their eye cream and lotions. They're uh, very helpful as well for you. So you can put that in a package for you and it's really great. And it, it's a fantastic value there at harrys.com. And once you get Harry's, uh, that's the only way you want to get your razors delivered here. Uh, trust me, it's just so simple, convenient and, and great product as well. So Everything is going to keep your skin healthy, looking great. And uh, the blades are working and they're always uh, give me a close, comfortable shave every time. So Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction rating in the industry as well. So uh, it's not just me. And they're offering a no-risk uh, trial here. So if you don't like your shave, no worries. It's on them. So get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter kit there for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter kit. And uh, take care of your skin with Harry's now. All right, Michelle, we are going to continue and look at our favorite last picks in our drafts here. Probably around the ADP of 180, 200, somewhere there, depending how deep your league is. And now... We're going to focus on rookies. We love talking about rookies. And we've talked about some of these guys before. But, Michelle, you picked three wide receivers. I've got a little bit of diversification here, running back, tight end, and a wide receiver. So I'll let you go. The first receiver I know you can't wait to talk about. Yes, I know. So wide receivers are hard, right, especially rookies, because it, it can take some time for them to develop and really break out. But over the last handful of years, we've actually seen rookie wide receivers that were not expected to do much in their rookie year go late in fantasy drafts and provide great fantasy relevance to managers. So that's like Terry McLaurin, Amon Ross, Aiden Brown, Cooper Cup, Chase Claypool. Uh, even DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were expected to do a whole lot because of the situations they landed in. So there are guys, rookie wide receivers that you can find late in your drafts that could be huge for your team. So my three guys, these are all rookies, all wide receivers. Tank Dell from the Texans, Jalen Hyatt of the Giants, and Marvin Mims of the Broncos. So Tank Dell, I've been talking about I, I've been loving on him all offseason long, but I think this preseason has made me feel very confident in him as well because he is a smaller guy. He's like 5'8", and he weighed in at 165 pounds at the combine, so that did worry you a bit. No matter, he was so productive at Houston where he played school or played at college, led the FBS in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns last year. It was great the year prior as well, but coming into the NFL, you were thinking, can he handle it with his small body? Can he get open against NFL corners? He can. I mean, that's what we've seen so far. He is always, always open. So I'm not worried about his small frame at this moment anymore. And he has a legit possibility to be the wide receiver one for the Texans. And I think he is. If I had to put a bet down on who leads in targets this year for this offense, it would be Tank Dell. And then moving on to Jalen Hyatt, he's a third round wide receiver, but it was his whole situation was kind of weird. I mean, prior to the NFL draft, like a couple months prior, he was being touted as a first round wide receiver. Everyone, you know, he was consistently being mocked in the end of the first round. And then he fell all the way to the third round to the Giants. But 
we're overlooking his speed and his production he had at Tennessee. He had over 1,200 receiving yards, 15 receiving touchdowns in 12 games at Tennessee last year. Averaged 18.9 yards per reception on 67 receptions. So bear with me here, but he's one of six guys to play in the SEC and average 18-plus yards per reception on 60-plus receptions in a single season over the last 10 years. The other guys were Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, and Jamison Williams. All who were ended up being first round picks in the NFL draft, and most of them being pretty great for fantasy. We saw him already put up a 33 yard receiving touchdown this past weekend. I think he's a guy that can have a lot of big plays this year. He may not be consistent, but he could have a lot of big weeks. And then Marvin Mims is someone that we need to just throw in here with the Broncos. Now that Jerry Judy's dealing with a hamstring injury, he's had a lot of those kind of soft tissues yeah. issues soft tissue issues throughout his short career so far. And I'm not sure Jerry Judy will be back to start the season. I know there's optimism, but there may not be. The team already lost him, Patrick. So now it's Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims possibly as the starters. And he also was explosive at Oklahoma. So I like that connection there with Russell Wilson really being able to sling it. We know he has a good deep ball. So I think Marvin Mims is a guy you need to keep an eye on. If Jerry Judy's not going to be back to start the season, Marvin Mims could be a steal there with your last pick. Yeah, those are good choices. I mean, just based on the situations alone, like I think there's some similarities with your Dell and Hyatt picks. And I'll say this, that I don't want to invest in Nico Collins or John Mechie or Robert Woods. I'd rather go for the upside guy later. I don't yeah. want to invest in Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. Keep in mind, there's not really receivers being drafted. I mean, you have Paris Campbell and Wanda Robinson – Behind Darren Waller, I mean, pretty much there's just a drop-off and nobody's really thinking about Giants wide receivers. So I'd rather take a shot on the upside guys late and Dell and Hyatt both have that. And Dell, maybe a little bit uh, Percy Harvin. I don't think they'll use him in a hybrid role, but I think that's a guy you can point to that was a bit undersized at wide receiver, but was a big asset in fantasy a while back here. So Marvin Mims, you're right. I mean, Tim Patrick is gone. Jerry Judy is not trusted to stay healthy. Gordon Sutton has not gotten a lot of buzz. I mean, I think he's now helped by the Judy injury, but Mims has a big opportunity. They like him, and they also moved on from K.J. Hamler. So this is a really good trio, Michelle, and I will offer one more wide receiver in my mix here for you. And uh, you can comment on him before I get into the other guys there at other positions. But Jaden Reed, you had Romy Dubs. We talked about Christian Watson going way too early. Jaden Reed is going to play key role. And I think it comes down to Jane Reed or Luke Musgrave, who's going to be the key rookie target, right? I mean, I think the Packers could use some 12, but they're pretty thin at tight end now. They're not as deep as they were. They lost Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis. So they used to run a lot of 12. I think they'll run a little bit more 11 with three receivers and probably Jane Reed lining the slot, although the other guys can do it at times. So that should be good. He's in a key role for the Packers that uh, they're going to stretch the field. Uh, horizontally and a little bit of vertically with the other two guys. But Reed, I think, could be a little bit like Tank Dell being schemed open in the middle of the field. So I'll add him to the mix. Uh, what are your thoughts on him with those three guys? I did consider Jaden Reed. But then when you're looking at the ADP between Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed, it's just really not that big of a gap. So if I'm yeah. going to take a chance on one of these guys, I'm going to take one that's entering a second year into the system. It seems I already have the connection with love a bit. So I would lean him, but Jaden Reed, I mean, it's the same type of situation, right? He could be, 
the guy that ends up breaking out in this offense just because he's a rookie instead of a second year guy. The all of these guys in the Packers offense, they all have the same opportunity. It's just which one comes through. I mean, you got to put your butt on whatever guy you feel most confident on. Yeah, and that's how I feel. It just again, if uh, I'm going to be maybe I'll be the aggressive person who takes Romeo Dubs and you're forced to take Jane Reed in your league um, because uh, he's the guy that's available uh, late in their draft. So I think it's worth, again, it's a high upside offense. It's worth having some piece of it here and not investing too high in Watson. So my other two guys, uh, I have another Titan. Yes, believe it or not. It's uh, Ty J Spears. And I like this kid out of Tulane and uh, Hassan Haskins. I mean, come on, this guy kind of uh, not, the smartest guy with uh, what happened here off the field. I just think that Spears gives them a lot more explosiveness if something were to happen with Derrick Henry. Now, I think there's a loose comparison to be made here from a couple years ago. What had happened when Derrick Henry went on the shelf? You had uh, Dante Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. I would say Spears is more the Hilliard type, and if they needed if they needed Haskins in a key role, I think you would say he's more the Dante Foreman type. But I think this offense wants to pivot to being a little bit more explosive they need a guy out of the backfield that can catch passes when Derrick Henry's not on the field. And uh, again, this is a high upside handcuff here with Ty J. Spears. I do like Jerome Ford as well, but he's got a bit of an injury now with the hamstring. So I'm hoping he's healed enough to do that. But Spears, an exciting rookie that you can look at, obviously has a key path to some production should Derrick Henry get hurt. And then you look at Michael Mayer. This is a guy that I've been liking a lot at tight end. Again, I looked at the numbers of Foster Morrow and the Waller last year, more than 800 receiving yards between those two tight ends. So there's availability that had combined for six TDs. So there's definitely some numbers to be had from that tight end spot. And again, there's not a lot of competition. Could he be the third target behind Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers? Absolutely. And it's a great alignment here with Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels to get that number from the tight end. Yeah, Tajay Spears of the Titans, I almost did put him as well because he has also looked impressive this whole preseason is getting good reports out of camp. And Derrick Henry is hitting that age. He's getting a bit older. So maybe his body can't hold up or maybe the Titans want to keep Derrick Henry healthy, right? Maybe they realize, oh, he is getting older. We can't give him 400 touches every single season. So maybe they kind of use both Henry and Spears it's probably just Henry's backfield, but he's a nice last round pick just in case. Um, we're going to finish our episode by talking about our favorite defenses to take with your last pick in your draft. That should be the last, last one, right? All these other guys are talking about. That's like your last skill position player to yeah, take. Your penultimate defense, pick. Yeah, your Yeah, defense or kicker, you wait till your very, very last round. But we have some defenses that we really like to start the year that you can take with one your last pick in the draft so we'll give you our top choices there in our last segment but before we get to that i got to talk about underdog my favorite at uh, fantasy app august is here and you know what that means the official start of fantasy football drafting month get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake snake draft no waivers no trades underdog sets your best lineup every week it's personally my favorite way to mock draft and prepare for my home leagues as everyone has a stake in the team they draft and you get real accurate ADP of where players are being drafted. Or if you're already drafted and you're sad that it's already over, you can join best ball tournaments in order to crave your fantasy football needs prior to the season. 
You can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKED ON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKED ON. Vinny, I'm like too excited to talk about defenses. I don't know why. I actually really like playing with defenses in fantasy and I like streaming them, right? So I'm not ever going with the early picks. I'm not going to pay up for the Eagles or Cowboys this year. I love looking at the matchups and streaming defenses. Uh, is that kind of your strategy here as well when it comes to defense and fantasy? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I've lucked into an elite defense like a couple of years ago, I had the Jaguars and I just rode them and they were awesome. And I typically don't end up with the best defense on the board unless it's like that, right? I'm going after a deep sleeper that, oh, it's the Jaguars. People might not think they're an elite defense, but they had the players that year to be that team. So uh, sometimes I'll just get that defense by accident, but I do not target that defense early because it never finishes in the order that people draft these defenses. It's always someone surprising. And I think everyone's like the Patriots defense and you go after them, but like, it's about the plays you make and you can't play the Patriots in week one. They're playing the Eagles. So why did you waste (laughs) a pick on a defense? You're not even going to be able to play in week one. I mean, even you can look at the bills and jets, they're loaded, but they're playing each other in week one. Are you going to really trust any of those guys right away? I mean, it's a, it's really hard to say that. So I want a playable defense. I also consider them being disposable. Like I'll just here, (laughs) see you later. I'm going to go for another defense, but I always like to work in advance. And I think we're going to give you some of that advice as well, starting with your first defense that you're taking with your last pick. Yeah. So my first one, it's the commanders, right? And it's, they're, they're definitely going to be available to you because people are not, you know, pumped about the commander's defense, but they're playing the Cardinals in the first week. So that's the hot, that's the number one team you're going to want to play against. And then the next week after that is at the Broncos, which especially with all their injuries right now, I think that's a really ideal matchup as well. But with all that, with the matchups, I also think the commander's defense is being overlooked because of how poorly they started this last year. So weeks one through five, they were a terrible, terrible defense, but weeks six through 18, they're allowing just 17.9 points per game. They had 17 takeaways and they averaged the third most fantasy points per game during that span. I mean, that's six through 18. That's a huge chunk of the season. And they're averaging the third, they were the third best fantasy defense during that time behind only the Patriots and the Cowboys they scored even more than the Eagles and the 49ers during that span. And you have to take those four teams a couple rounds earlier, at least while no one's even looking at the commanders. Now in weeks three and four, they have to play the bills and the Eagles. So maybe at that point you want to move on from them. But like, if I have my defense that I take where I can confidently start them weeks one and two, I can figure it out on the waivers after that for that, my first team. Who's your uh, first favorite defense to go for? Well, it's interesting because you did say the commanders and are playing the Broncos. I actually have a defense that is playing the commanders in week two. That's the Broncos. And why I like the Broncos is this team tends to be better at home, especially early in the season. And they're playing the Raiders in week one. That's manageable. 
here. I think uh, there's an opportunity to make some plays there. And they get the commanders. And as much as I like uh, Sam Howell and really Jimmy Garoppolo, and we've talked about Michael Mayer, I think these can be mistake-prone offenses as well. They might be in situations where they're throwing quite a bit. These are favorable games for the Broncos right away. So they might have a lead in the second half. They have enough in the pass rush and some players in the back end, including Pat Sertain, two, and Justin Simmons to make plays. So that's one thing that is underrated, Michelle, is that, and I, I can say that for commanders as well, Look at the players who can actually make plays and how, where are they going to get the big plays from? And with the commanders, you have Montez Sweat, and I think they'll hopefully have Chase Young to have a little bit more impact. And you have Cameron Curl, who really makes a ton of big plays on the back end. So find guys. Darren where Payne, the Jonathan Allen, from. their defensive line yeah. is stacked. Stack, yeah, stack. so they have players to make play. Like, look to see who's going to make a play on the ball because you're looking for sacks and interceptions. You're not looking for... We're going to hold this team to this many yards, but not do things <laughs> and make plays that happen. So these are teams that can make plays happen. And I do like the Broncos mainly because they're at home here in the first two games. And that's another thing I think about Michelle is like, I like to play defenses when they're at home in more favorable situations than I do on the road, maybe in the same matchup. So I'm going with them. And just like with the commanders, it gets bad <laughs> there after week two. Uh, you get them on the road with the Dolphins and Bears, and then they got to host Aaron Rodgers of the Jets. So Broncos, again, super cheap, just like the Commanders. Afterthoughts here that you can target. Now, Michelle, I know you're probably also excited to talk about your other defense, and this one makes more sense, and maybe a defense that uh, you should still play in week one, maybe. Yes. Yeah, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, they typically get drafted pretty high, but this year their ADP has been low. People aren't going towards them. And I think it's because of their inconsistent year last year and not being great fantasy scores. But the thing is TJ Watt, who you just talked about, who's your playmaker, yeah. right? TJ Watt's like the best defensive playmaker in the league. And he was missing for half the season and then injured parts of the others, even when he was playing. But the Steelers with TJ Watt in the field and without are just two completely different defenses. They allowed a hundred fewer total yards per game in games with Watt than without him. They allowed 25 points without Watt, 16.9 with him per game. They had 32 sacks in 10 games with TJ Watt, only eight in the seven games without him and 18 takeaways in the 10 games with Watt and only five in the seven games without him. Just absurd how different it is. And so I, I think this defense overall, they made some really nice additions and changed out the weaknesses. So I, I do think that this could be one of the best defenses in the league. And then you look at their beginning schedule and you may say, well, they had to play the 49ers. Sure, but it's at home. It's against Brock Purdy, who just is coming off a major elbow injury and has had very limited time to prepare for the season. And and then also Kyle Shanahan's offenses start very slow typically and are not great in week one. So I'm not worried about starting the Steelers defense in week one. And then they get the Browns at home. Then they play the Raiders and the Texans. You have a defense you can start for your first four weeks for certain that I feel really good about. So the Steelers, I think, would go higher than the Commanders. So you may not always get to land them. But if the Steelers are there for your last pick, smash that. Yeah, I think you've convinced me, Michelle. I'm going to go to all my cheat sheets, uh, do a black underline gold highlighter. I'm going to really go after the Steelers. Because when you look at... 
this team, I mean, you mentioned TJ Watt, but you have Hayward, you've got now Patrick Peterson, maybe in a complimentary role. You got Joey Porter Jr. It's just a loaded defense. And don't forget Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, roaming and making a lot of plays. So they've got a lot of players you can go after. And you make a great call about the 49ers. Remember that disastrous game they had last year against the Bears? Oh, gosh. That was bad. And that was it in week one. So they do start very slow. And it was really bad last year. So I do like that. And then you can play them for the first month of the season. It's a great call there. I love it. And again, the 49ers not maybe as great on the offensive line. They did lose Mike McGlinchey in uh, free agency. So a little bit of weakness up front to maybe uh, get to the quarterback and rattle Purdy. And I think by far this is Purdy's toughest to start based on his elbow injury on the road against TJ Watt in this defense. So I think this could be a crash down to earth game for Purdy to start the season, maybe uh, have the 49ers rethink a few things. But we'll uh, depart from there, from Pittsburgh, and we'll go to Green Bay, another team that I like this year. And they start pretty well. They get Justin Fields and the Bears in week one, and Fields still can make mistakes. They are on the road. I just said I prefer them at home, but to me, playing the Bears is like a home game for the Packers, and so is playing Atlanta. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of uh, Packers fans in Georgia. You know that for that game, and uh, Desmond Ritter hasn't looked all that great. He can make some mistakes here. This Packers defense has looked very good so far with uh, maybe putting it together a little bit better this season. Jair Alexander on the back end, you know, Kenny Clark, a lot of uh, impact younger playmakers as well, so I do like that matchup there in week two so week one or week two i think you can definitely play them and really i think i could also consider them in week three their home opener against Derek carr and the saints i mean saints offense could go through some lumps they're not gonna have alvin kamara for that game and a lambo they're always a little bit better there so that's another team i'm looking at so steelers packers if you're looking for some classic and gold to do some uh, damage here with defense i, I think that's a good way to go Yeah, the Packers defense confused me last year because on paper, their defense is stacked with playmakers and really talented guys. They should have been so much better than they were last year. But now with this year, knowing like you have Jordan Love as a starter, hopefully they're really putting focus on fixing that defense, just overall the whole system. So they could be a nice pick as well if all of these really talented players that they have at every level could just come together and play as well as they should. Yeah, and really comes down to cohesiveness as a unit here. So really looking forward to drafting these in a lot of leagues. And sometimes I actually get sniped on some of these, and it really is annoying. But I don't know if we'll get sniped on these this year. I mean, I I think there's nothing worse than getting sniped on your last or second to last pick. Is there, Michelle? No, but I have a good feeling no one's sniping me on the commanders. Like I might get sniped on the Steelers, but as I will have my backup at least, because I don't think anyone's even thinking about drafting the commanders on defense this year. Do it. I'm telling yeah. you. We'll see how it plays out. And maybe if we're in your league, don't do it. So um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you listen to us, go ahead and snipe. Snipe away from other people and make sure you get these defenses here because I think you'll be pleased with the results in your league and don't sleep on defense. They can have a big impact on your scoring for sure. That's what we learned. So again, good week of uh, mock draft analysis, what you should do with picks all across the board here on locked on fantasy football. We'll have a lot more prepping you for the season. We're almost here for our week one analysis. They'll be coming up soon here. So thanks again for making lockdown fantasy football, your first listen 
every day and uh, every dayers will bring you a lot more here next week. Locked on fantasy football is your destination. To become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. Part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Or Locked On Fantasy Football. And good luck in your drafts this weekend coming up. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.